0: The Midwich Cuckoos, by John Wyndham, dramatised for radio in three parts by William Ingram, with Charles Kay as Bernard Westcott, William Gaunt as Richard Gayford, and Manning Wilson as Gordon Zellaby. The Midwich Cuckoos, part two.
1: Dear Richard, I am sorry, sorry, extremely sorry, that circumstances preclude well deserved official congratulations to Midwich on the success of the operation to date. It um, has been conducted with a degree of um, discretion and communal loyalty which, um, frankly, has astonished everybody in the department. Most of us were of the opinion, official action on our part would prove necessary long before this. Uh, Now that uh, all the babies have been safely delivered, I think we are justified in concluding the initial, and one hopes, final crisis is past. Sign it, sincerely. Sir? Oh, Miss Greer, no distribution, file copy only. And sent it per usual road dispatch.
2: Sir. Morning, vicar.
3: Ah, oh, Still signing up the recruits, I see? It's easing off now. Only two or three more to come. One hundred percent, eh? Just about. <laughs> well, I suppose it gives them the slight feeling of being able to... Um, to regularise matters. Quite. <laughs> yes, young Mary Histon... She chose the name Theodore. All on her own, I gather. How that a child like Mary should want to call her baby the gift of God instead of being ashamed of it? i it's a tribute to the whole village. Ah, then the whole village showed how, in the name of humanity, it ought to behave. Teamwork. With a fine captain in your wife, Zelaby. Ah, no arguments there, Vicar.
2: And uh, with my boy having the Zelaby nose, after all? <laughs> no golden eyes, eh? <laughs> well... Well, it's a blessing to be grateful for. I have to confess, things seem a bit flat after the battle. Mm.
3: Battles are only the highlights of campaigns. Who's to say there aren't more to come? Hmm? Who are these children, Zeruby? There's something about the way they look at one, those, those curious eyes. They are strangers, you know. I can't help it, but I, I keep returning to the notion it it must all have happened as some kind of test. But by whom? Of whom? How can one tell? with strangers. Oh, oh, surely that's your
2: daughter, Zeleby. You're back so soon, then? I thought your mother said something about not being in for lunch. <laughs> Darling, you all right? You don't look at all...
4: I, I will be, but just give me a minute. What on mm. earth's happened? Oh, the fact is, Daddy, I, I didn't intend to be here at all. Not at all.
2: You mean you changed your mind?
4: No. Unless I'm very much mistaken, mm. I had it changed for me. Tell me, then. Alan rang at the last minute to say he couldn't get away from the camp. The place was generally getting me down, so I decided to treat the baby and myself to a change of scene. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in particular, just a drive. Well, we just got clear of the village, about four miles along the train road, when the car simply pulled into the side. Broke down. Pulled into the
2: side. I, I, I don't understand.
4: I didn't expect you to. But the fact remains. Anyway, I got through to the garage and they sent someone out to check. They could find nothing. Nothing at all. It simply refused to budge. The mechanic went back for a tow truck and I decided there was nothing for it but to come back by bus. And? Then it happened. The very instant I decided, positively decided to come back, the engine started up again. Coincidence? I wasn't even behind the wheel. It was him, Daddy. The baby. He didn't want to leave the village. The baby made me come back again. Daddy?
2: You've got to get her away from here, Alan. It's essential. In view of the car incident, I can only stress the sooner the better. I thought I'd made it pretty clear there was nothing I wanted more than to have Ferrolin with me. Yes, 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 but we're past that stage. If we weren't, I wouldn't be interfering. It's no longer just a question of what either of you wants or would like. It's what needs to be done. And for Feraline's sake, even more than yours. She wants to join me. She set out to come once. Ah, but she tried to take the baby with her. It brought her back then. Just as it always will if she should ever decide to try again. She's become very attached. You must persuade her to leave without the baby, Alan. It's the only solution. If the baby's not with her... It can exert no influence stronger than natural affection. But according to Dr. Dr. Willers, all this is Willers, is he making loud blustering noises to prevent himself from being frightened? You mean this hysteria he talks about isn't the real reason for Ferrolyn and the rest coming back here? The hysteria he chunters on about has never been known to manifest itself without one of the babies being present. But I don't see how the... I
0: mean, how the hell's it done, I've
2: no idea. None.
0: So it really boils down to her choosing either the baby or me?
2: It's not your baby, Alan. And it really isn't Ferrin's baby either. Why not be talking to you like this? Ferroin, like the rest, are victims of an imposition. They've been cheated into an utterly false position. With the greatest respect. All so these ability. sixty-one golden eyed children we have here are intruders. They're changelings. They're cuckoo children. The important thing is not how the egg got into the nest, but what comes after it's been hatched. One thing you can count on. ...is its instinct for survival. An instinct... characterized by utter ruthlessness. You really think you've got a sound analogy there? I'm perfectly certain of it. The cuckoo survives because it's tough and single-purposed. That's why you must take Feralyn away. And keep her away. I've already said so that... She'll fight you. She's already more than halfway to accepting the child as her own. You must simply refuse to be blackmailed through her... ...her better instincts... If Angela's child had turned out to be... Cuckoo One of them. What would you have done? I should have done what I'm advising you to do. Oh, ah.
5: I thought I heard voices. Study talk, Alan. I hope the old tyrant hasn't been laying down the law to you. Hello, <laughs> Angela. Alan, darling. Oh, I'm exhausted. Just give me a minute and I'll make her some tea. You're trouble? I'm not sure. I just had Margaret Haxby on the telephone. Margaret? No, I'm not sure you'll remember her. She's now Dr. Margaret Haxby. Oh, Mm yes. She's apparently quite brilliant. Until recently, she worked on that hush-hush government research business over at the Grange. Until recently? She's gone. Cleared out. She was speaking from London.
2: One of the afflicted. Mm,
5: and one of the most resentful. Mm. Now she's made up her mind to beat it, and she's gone, leaving Midwich holding the baby.
2: Where's the baby now?
5: Where she was staying, old Mrs Dorry's cottage. The poor old girl doesn't know yet. I'm the one elected to go round and tell her.
2: Yes, but it won't just end there, will it? Can't you imagine the panic it's going to start among all the other women who've taken these girls in? They'll have them out overnight before they get left holding the baby too.
5: Then what would you suggest?
2: Couldn't you stall? I mean, the girl might change her mind.
5: No, not this girl, Alan. It's not a spur-of-the-moment decision from what she told me over the phone she's been through it all pretty carefully and she never asked to come to midwich she was posted here they would posted her to a yellow fever area they'd be responsible for the consequences wouldn't they well mm. they posted her here and through no fault of her own she's caught this instead so
6: it's up to
7: officialdom to deal with it
5: her contention anyway mm. as for the child she repudiates it entirely she's no more responsible than if it had been left on her doorstep and certainly there's no reason why she should be expected to put up with the wrecking of her life, or her work, on account of it.
2: She's certainly thought it through, hasn't she? Which makes our own predicament all the more urgent. Ah? Mm, I've just been talking to Alan about getting Farrell in a way. Once word gets round, there are going to be quite a few girls taking the... um,
5: um Margaret Haxby?
2: Yeah, uh, taking the Haxby girls' example, don't mm. you
5: think? Well, it could well make up their minds for some of them.
2: In which case, don't you think it's equally likely there'll be some kind of...
5: some kind of counter-move
2: to stop the desertions? Counter-move?
5: Oh, well, I doubt if it would ever come to that. When it comes to publicity, you know how reluctant the authorities no, have no, been... No, no,
2: did- no, no, not... not by the authorities.
5: Why? What do you Sir? mean?
2: What would happen if the children are as opposed to being deserted as they are to being removed?
5: The children?
2: Hmm.
5: You're surely not suggesting. No, no, that I,
2: they I, I, I don't know.
5: Eccentric as
2: it may seem, I am simply doing my best to place myself in the position of a young cuckoo, my dear. As such, I fancy I should. Um, I should resent anything that appeared likely to lessen attention to my comfort and well being. Hm. One doesn't even have to be a cuckoo. Extension two four one.
7: Yes, I do have official clearance, and it damn well is urgent. I am very much obliged. <sighs> Bernard Richard, we've got a panic on. Or something's cropped up, new developments. Now I can't talk about it over the phone, and no, it's nothing I can damn well write about either. <laughs> Look, I know there's a certain official reluctance, and you'd rather stick to the formula of let the village work it out for itself, but well, we're 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 just getting in a teeny bit over our heads. When's the earliest you can get down here? Earliest. Right, I'll get on to Zeleby and some of the others. Ugh, bureaucratic Burke.
6: The survival rate of my deliveries, one hundred percent. Resulting in 31 males and 30 females of this, uh, this special type means that only superficial study has been possible. Mm-hmm. Some of the characteristics observed, though, were, were common to them all. <laughs> Most striking are the eyes. Mm-hmm. Although they appear to be quite normal in structure, the iris, to the best of my knowledge, is unique. The colouring being of a bright, almost fluorescent-looking gold. It's common to them all. The hair, noticeably soft and fine, is of a slightly darkened blonde shade. The finger and toenails are a trifle narrower than usual, but there's no suggestion of a claw. In general, the babies all appear to be perfectly healthy, although they don't show the degree of, uh, of chubbiness we might expect at their age. The size of the head in relation to the body is that normally found in a somewhat older child, A curious but slight silvery sheen on the skin has given concern (coughs) to some (coughs) mothers, but uh, this is common to all, and uh, it would appear to be normal to... uh, The cuckoo children. uh, To the type. In conclusion, I'd just like to mention that uh, Mr. Zelleby was from the outset of the opinion that the children's origin might be attributable to some form of xenogenesis. Uh,
2: Doctor? The production of a form that could be unlike that of the parent... Or, more accurately, post-period.
6: Among humans, there's never been a case known. On the other hand, there's never been a known reason
2: why it shouldn't prove possible. No known no, no. reason. But why the diffidence?
5: you think the explanation hasn't naturally occurred to all those involved? No, I'm also the more God. educated yes. women, my own daughter among them, entirely accept the thesis that they're host mothers, rather than true mothers. Yes. The less yes. educated yes. find it an element of humiliation exactly. and tend to ignore yes. it. Yes, on that's any that's event, isn't it, right, isn't it high time we got ourselves up to date, Stop speculating about the cause and get down to the altogether more imperative matter of effect? Yes. It's yes. why yes. we've met here, isn't it? Yes. At least I pray to God it's why yes. we've met here. Yes. What yes. 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 about the return yes. of all the mothers and babies? All this compulsion business. Mm. You can't just ignore it and pretend it'll go away, Doctor.
6: A form of hysteria. Uh, Giving rise to collective hallucinations. Uh, It will 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 go go away. The hysteria
2: syndrome again, Doctor. How can it be when all the mothers, educated or not, agree the babies can and do exert some form of compulsion? those Those who were away didn't want to come back here. They came because they had to. I've talked to all of them. What they all say is that they suddenly became aware of a feeling of distress, Mm. a sense of need, which they knew could only be relieved by coming back here.
6: Classic. Look at the the facts, and what do we have? A number of women are the victims of an improbable and as yet unexplained phenomenon, and a number of babies not quite like other babies. That is facts, The
3: facts
6: (laughs) must be either admitted or somehow sublimated. And the easiest way to do this is to sublimate the situation, to transfer the irregularity into an environment where it no longer appears yes, irregular. In this case, line. uniquely so, Midwich exactly fills the bill. So they pick up their babies and back they come and everything's comfortably rationalised, at least for the time being. So it it isn't good
4: enough, Doctor. It's time the situation was accepted, recognised. Not glibly or even
5: learnedly explained. the way. No, we've no, already so got the weaker right. will getting ridiculously superstitious about it. They're crediting their babies with mystical, magical powers. Yes, the whole situation invites exploitation. Exploitation. What we need is an absolutely unbiased investigation. Quite
6: beyond the compass of our local women's
4: institution. Unworthy,
5: there, Doctor. No.
6: However well-intentioned, Well, that's what I have been offering. Then what would you suggest? Somebody should be making a thorough study of these children. There ought to be a team of experts on the job, Mm. like the rest of us. I I kept quiet before the births because I thought it was best for everyone. And the mothers, in particular. that That need is past. It's nothing less than a national scandal that such a phenomenon as this should be hushed up to the extent of going practically unobserved. Given these children. Think of the opportunity for for a study of comparative development we have here: environment, conditioning, association, yes, that, association. diet, and all the rest you of it. it, true. True. it what we it have here art, is a burning of books before they've even been written. Something must be done about it.
2: Well, gentlemen, all very rousing to be sure. Old Willers can certainly hoist his colours to the masthead when he's a mind to. As you say, (laughs) Celebi. But still, our mysterious guest from the Ministry remains unconvinced.
1: Hmm? Not about the situation. Only about the best course of action. Singularly missing, to date. We thought a low profile might be the best for all concerned. Yes, yes.
2: The proverbial low profile. Predictable, frequently commendable, sometimes inevitable. But when the question of advisability is passed when the essential need for a more concrete kind of action takes its place.
7: there's something new, something you're not letting on to the others. Is there? Oh, come off it, Zellaby. It's not difficult to see you're already one step ahead.
2: Hmm. But not always a reason for self-congratulation. Well, then, you have no choice. The fact is, while the good doctor has been peering down his microscope, getting to grips with the laboratory side of things, I've been rather more... Active in the field uh, I don't Richard, understand it. Richard could you bring your friend here along to the cottage hospital say about 10 tomorrow morning I had planned on an early start or delay it you'll find it to your best interest. or should that be should that be our best interests Ooh. It's a lovely evening isn't it <laughs> Well there we have it then gentlemen Janet my dear four of the children. Two boys, two girls. Well, the same number of irate parents in the waiting room, wondering what the hell is going now, on. patients patience, right. Willis, patience. Now, then, you're all perfectly satisfied that the children, in separate cribs, carefully screened off, can have no possible means of contact with each other. He'll be giving yes. it the old abracadabra next Quite, satisfied. Right, then. Let the experiment begin. The sooner the better. I've got surgery at 11. This, then, is our apparatus. One small box containing one piece of barley sugar. It's not just any old box, though, you understand? A product of feckless Nipponese ingenuity. It has no visible means of opening, but slide aside this piece of marquetry here, and there's your barley sugar. Miraculous. Patience, words. Right. Box closed. Now, which of the infants shall we give first try?
4: But none of these babies is quite one year old yet. It
2: makes no difference. Please name a child. How about the brand boy? The brand boy. The brand boy. It shall be. All right. Now, here we go. Janet, you give it to him.
1: Right. Baby. Oh. Baby. Baby. Look? Baby. He just thinks it's some baby. kind of rattle. He
2: does, doesn't he? Now we take the contraption across over here to the tory boy in the next tube and as before we give him the box he shakes it he realises that there's something inside but he can see no way of getting to it so this time we show him how we give him the sweet one satisfied customer Glad somebody's got something out of it. What happens now, sir? We reload the box and go back to Exhibit 1. Yeah? we are. Really? The Brent child. Janet, do your stuff.
4: Oh, well, yes. He's taken the box. Oh, now he's... Now that is extraordinary. Not the slightest
2: hesitation, was oh, there? Straight for the concealed opening oh, and pleased as a yeah, sandboy with what he finds yeah. inside. It's fascinating. Don't you think? You're still sceptical, Dr. Doubt? Well, Reload again, Janet, my dear. Now we'll try it on the girls. (laughs) Dear, oh, dear. Poor old Willers, eh? Did you see his face? (laughs) I wondered for a minute if he'd ever make his surgery. I thought Matron might have to tuck him up in a sideboard and treat him for extreme shock. (laughs) He had my deepest sympathy. The box idea is pretty effective, even if I say so myself. Simple... Incontestable and off without a hitch. Here we go. Ah. I
1: brought you black coffee, coffee oh, darling. Oh, darling. Look as though you could do with it.
4: Nothing, sure. Mm.
1: May we take it that you've been trying other ideas on them? Hmm. Yes, quite a
2: number. Some too complicated, others far from conclusive. Besides, I hadn't quite got hold of the right end of the stick to begin well, with.
7: Are you quite sure you have now, Zellaby? Because I'm not at all
2: sure that I have. Oh, I think you have. Yes, I'm I'm sure. I suppose
7: you're wanting me to say your experiment shows that what one of the boys knows, all the boys know. Mm. Though the girls do not.
1: And vice versa. Mm.
7: Yes, all right, then. Well, that is what it appears to show, but well, for God's sake, there has to be a catch somewhere.
1: Oh, my dear fellow. Mr. Zereby, are you positively claiming that if I were to tell anything to one of the boys, all the rest would know it?
2: Providing it was simple enough for them to understand it at this stage? But it's unbelievable. Unbelievable? But then you lynch Darwin and you, you show the impossibility of evolution. You could always devise your own tests.
7: Oh, I should have said that the one we've just seen has enough implications to capsize our entire social ah. system.
1: I'm still not convinced. I mean, couldn't it all be put down to some kind of sympathetic understanding, a kind of thing sometimes found between twins?
2: Not unless it's developed far enough to have revolutionary new features. Besides, what we have here is not one single group en rapport, but two apparently without (laughs) cross-connections. In other words, if I ask a question to any of these boys, I shall get exactly the same answer, and from whichever I choose to ask. If I ask them to perform an action, I shall get more or less the same result. But the decisive point is this. It will not be the individual child who answers me or performs for me. It will be an item of the group. Go on. Right, what we have, what we seem to have is 61 individual entities. I maintain we've been fooled, that appearances have been deceptive. What we actually have are two entities only. A boy, a girl. No, no, no. no, Though the boy has 31 component parts each, the physical structure and appearance of individual boys, and the girl has 30 component parts.
6: I find that rather hard to take, sir. My dear, so did I.
7: You're putting forward this as a serious proposition, it's not just a dramatic manner of
2: speaking. no, 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 I'm stating a fact having shown
1: you the evidence first. No, all you've shown us is that they're able to communicate in some way I don't understand. But to go from that to some wild theory about non-individualism is too much at one jump. Because you've only seen one test. I've conducted
2: many. None of them contradict the theory. I prefer to call it collective individualism. Moreover, it's nowhere near as wild as it appears at first sight. It's quite a well-established evolutionary dodge for getting round shortcomings. A number of forms that appear at first sight to be individuals turn out to be colonies. We ourselves combine in groups consciously instead of by instinct for the same purposes. But why shouldn't nature produce a more efficient version? Unless the human race is to stagnate, we must find some way of getting round them.
1: Mm. I feel a bit like a chameleon placed on a colour it can't quite manage. You know, I've, I've
2: wondered about these two groups quite a lot. I've even felt there ought to be names for these two super-spirits. You'd certainly imagine there were plenty to choose from, and yet I find just two out of them all persistently invade my mind. Adam and Eve.
1: for the lift. Oh, no trouble. You should have stayed for lunch. I'd love to have, <laughs> but they'll be all held at loose the other end as it is. Still... Yes? I wouldn't have missed the Zelliby magic show for the world. Oh, come on, that's not good enough. No. What can it all mean? Something. Uh, nothing. Which is where we came in. I'll gee up the official interest, of course, but I'm still depending on you to keep your finger on the pulse. Keep me informed. Uh, except I'm not
7: sure how much longer I'll be around to do that. Oh... Well, apart from already being way out of my depth, Janet and I may be moving on. What, leaving Midway? Yes, this, uh, this new agent of mine seems to be earning his 10%. He, something he set up for me in Canada. The terms are all right, and Jan's keen. It's New Horizons. It sounds very promising.
1: You're likely to take it,
7: then. Oh. After what I've just seen. Yes? It gets more likely by the minute.
5: Gordon? Darling, huh? are you asleep? i uh,
2: no, just hiding behind my eyes. i thinking about this morning.
5: At the hospital?
2: Their expressions of ingrained scepticism. Still, I expected no different.
5: But there must be an explanation. Of course. And what do you think it is?
2: It's too early. We'll have to wait. Until the children are old enough to give us some evidence.
5: But you do have some ideas.
2: As you are a discreet woman, <laughs> let me put one question to you. It's this. If if you were wishful to challenge the supremacy of a society that was fairly stable and quite well weaponed, what would you do? Would you meet it on its own terms by launching a costly and certainly destructive assault, or, or if time were of no importance, would you employ an altogether more subtle tactic a fifth column
6: a f- fifth column
2: to attack it from within
0: in part two of the midwitch cuckoos by John Wyndham dramatized for radio by William Ingram Charles K was Bernard Westcott Manning Wilson, Gordon Zellaby, and William Gaunt, Richard Gayford. Angela Zellaby was Pauline Yates, Ferrolyn, Jenny Quayle, Janet Gayford, Rosalind Adams, Alan Hughes, Gordon DeLue, Dr. Willers, Hugh Dixon, and Vicar Leebody, William Ingram. The technical presentation was by Gareth Watson, and the music specially composed by Roger Lim of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The Midwich Cuckoos was a BBC World
6: Service drama production directed by Gordon Huff's.